0: Welcome to the Bloom and Grow podcast, where we share stories of those who have grown through grief and break down barriers that isolate us in those challenging parts of our lives. We know that time doesn't heal, but intention does. There isn't a before and after in grief, but we grow through it. Many days more difficult than others. The weight of grief doesn't get any lighter, but we can get better at carrying it. This podcast isn't just for those going through something sad or difficult, but it's also for those who know someone by sharing tips and perspectives in how to be a better support for our loved ones that are grieving. I'm your host, Liz Fidler, and thanks for blooming and growing with us. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bloom and Grow podcast. I am your host, Liz Fidler. And I have a guest with me today, and it's someone that I think is a testimony to the importance of kind of wearing your heart on your sleeve sometimes and being able to support each other. So, Maria, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hello. Yes. My name is Maria Robbins. How did we meet? We met, well, Liz came in for a service at Well & Company. I work at um, a direct primary care and medical spa in Sartell. I'm an esthetician. And Liz came in for a beautiful little facial with me. And really, that's where we had a beautiful connection. A lot of things open up in the treatment room. So, and I think that you, well, you slid into my DMs. Oh, <laughs> I, I did slide into your DMs.
0: Um, yeah. So People I think I shared something either on Sunny Mary Meadow or Bloom and Grow, because I have my Sunny Mary Meadow page, my flower page, that was the original podcast, and then now Bloom and Grow is its own podcast, but I have my Bloom and Grow Instagram page, where I have just been really open about insights of what's happening as I experience them, Um, just to try to promote empathy, and get people to relate a little bit more, and just understand okay, I'm not really upset because of this. I'm upset because of that. Like one example, you know, around the anniversary of Josh's death, you know, and people are like, I know today is a hard day for you because I know, you know, you're just reminded of all the all the things that you miss. And I'm like, no, that's not why today's hard. I'm not reminded of all that I miss him. That's every single day. Today I'm reliving his death and doing CPR on him and how traumatic that day was. Like, yeah. I'm not like, and people are like, Oh, that's okay. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm reliving the worst day of my life in my mind as it plays out. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, well, it's one o'clock, you know, this is about the time that he died or whatever it might be as it's happening. And I don't know if that's true for everybody, but it's, I think it's pretty common. And so that's kind of the things that I started sharing on that page, not as, as a way to seek attention or anything like that, but more so just people Are curious and I feel like if they understand a little bit more, they'll be able to be a better support for those people in their lives.
1: Absolutely.
0: So (laughs) you had reached out to me and I think you sent a message just saying, hey, I just want to say thank you for doing the Bloom and Grow episodes, the original bonus episodes that I did it on the original Sunny Mary Meadow podcast.
1: Yep. And the reason why I thank you so much and relate to you so much is because unfortunately trauma brings people together in a weird way. I experienced some very life-changing trauma in 2020. I would love to put a trigger warning if that's okay, but my sister was murdered and it was from domestic violence. So beginning of 2020 in February, my life was truly flipped upside down. My whole entire family was just it was a very traumatic experience and I think from growing from that it's been it's been hard but surrounding yourself with people who truly understand what you're going through and to look at them and see that they still have some light in them too it just makes you kind of know that things are going to be okay um I think the anniversaries of deaths of people that we love especially from traumatic experiences well I've experienced three anniversaries now and they're never easy they always look a little different but I sometimes just really need to be by myself in those moments and really reflect know that life will be okay and really surround myself with people who actually understand and not just like oh, wow, that must be hard. I can't imagine. And it's like, well, no one can imagine that. So don't say that. Cause that is literally the worst thing you can say to somebody.
0: (laughs) And I, think I did not realize, even though I was, I was in close proximity to experiencing grief, but I had never truly felt it. So when I was a senior in high school, my brother's like, mentor, very close friend died in a farming accident. Mm. And then when I was a freshman in college, my best friend's mom died of a heart attack. She was 45 and our moms were best friends. So like my mom did CPR on her mom. I drove her to the ER. Like I was there front row. I was close to her mom. Um, I had, you know, we grew up a couple miles apart and you know, we were really close, but I watched that happen. Then, you know, a few short years later, another one of my best friends, she was a bridesmaid in my wedding, her, it'd be her husband's boss. And they, they worked on a cattle ranch. So when I say boss, I mean, like literally lived there, worked there. Yeah. He died in a plane crash. <laughs> and then my cousin, who was also a bridesmaid in my wedding, we were all in each other's weddings. They lost, they lost their child you know, basically she died when she was six hours old. Then seven weeks later, wow. My other best friend, my best, best friend that we moved up here together. She lost her husband. Meanwhile, my husband had lost his mom. Continuing, anyway. This is just continuing. Wow. He lost his mom right before we met. And so I have been in such close proximity. Like literally my best friends have lost a child, a mom, a mentor, a best friend. Like they've all lost their person, but it's never been my person I think had I known my mother-in-law, obviously that would have been a lot more relatable because she would have been really close. And all like, you know, like when my my friend that I moved up here with, um, when she lost her husband, he was my friend too. So that one right. was probably one of the closest ones, like I lost a person. Yeah. But for the most part, it was my person lost a person. Yeah. And so I I thought I knew what it was until I lost Josh. And I'm like, oh my God. Yep. And it's it's this weird. Club And I I thought I was part of it and I don't want to be part of it, but I I thought I understood it until when Josh passed away, then I got it. And so I think that when you shared and opened up to me about, you know, losing your sister and, you know, the, the grief journey that you were on. And so your sister would have passed away 10 months before
1: Josh did. So our yeah, because she died in February. Yep, February 26, 2020. Okay. And then COVID hit. That was fun. Oh my gosh. And and you know, like I didn't even Yeah, COVID hit and like I So you're already
0: feeling low mentally. Mentally out. Oh yeah. And you were isolated.
1: And then I was even more isolated. And remember, if
0: you're listening to this, we're in the middle of Minnesota. Like Yeah. yeah. So (laughs) like sometimes I talk about COVID and like my friends and family in South Dakota are like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, yeah, those two weeks were rough. I'm like, no. We were no trapped down. Yeah. And so one. Yeah. And so anyway, um, our COVID experience was very different than a lot of other people's COVID experience. And probably way different than those that live in the metro area or whatever. And then there'll be people that are and there'll be people that will listen to this and they'll get mad because they'll be like, COVID's not over. Quit pretending. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, sorry. We're not gonna win. <laughs> we'll just move on from that. But my point but is Yes. I think that for me, I share about Josh because he is still so present in my life and it's important to me to keep sharing about him and talking about him because that's how my daughters will get to know him absolutely and sometimes i know that i'm not doing it for attention i know that i'm not being a widow is my identity and like i know that but that's not the case but it's a huge piece of the puzzle it's a huge chapter in my life story um it's a very foundational part but Sometimes I worry that people will think that I'm like seeking attention or something, but I will continue doing it because even though I have opened myself up to that vulnerability and I get people like you mm-hmm. who find comfort in opening up to me and I can be the listener and I'm not always the listener. I'm a chatty person. Um Yeah. But I love the fact that I can be a safe space for someone to go to. And they see me as an ally. They see me as someone they can open up to. And sometimes that's heavy. Sometimes I'm like, wow, I really didn't plan on you telling me about when your kid had cancer. It's heavy, heavy, heavy. but it comes with it and that's okay. And so I'm going to share a story in a little bit about you and I, like luckily you opened up to me about that. You bought some
1: flowers for me. Didn't you do something for like, yeah. So I bought, well, I bought the flowers because my, my niece Ruby and I are, our birthdays are two weeks apart. So for whatever odd reason, I was like, Oh, I'm turning 26. Like, what do I want to do for my birthday? I don't know. Like what? But I was like, Oh, what my niece loves gardening. So, and she just is like, just, cute little things like that. So we had a flower garden party <laughs> for, she was turning seven, I was turning 26. So yeah, we got some beautiful flowers from you and they were just an absolute hit. People were able to make down little cute okays and it was just great. But to go back and touch on what you are just speaking on, it is different losing someone so absolutely close to you and so dear to your heart my sister Monique played a huge role in my life, obviously, for many reasons. And I had experienced my grandparents passing away and things like that. It was very hard, but it was, it was different with her. She was a mother. Um, She was only 28 years old. Her daughter was eight years old time. So it's, it, it, it it was hard. And I like truly, Felt and I don't know if it's in my head, but like you, you, you really feel a little piece of your heart break a little bit. And it's like a heavy, like deep heart feeling that I like genuinely cannot describe. But like hearing that news and, and, and feeling those feelings, it's, it's, it's overwhelming and it's, it's mortifying. But Oddly, in a way, to be able to connect with somebody and like experience and like be vulnerable with that person and sharing their memories and keeping them alive. It, I don't know, I find comfort in it, and I want to keep her alive in our spirits, in our soul. Like I said, she has a daughter that my my sister Macy has now adopted. Like, we will always talk about my sister. We will always have pictures about her. I'm never going to not talk about her, and I hope you never stop talking about Josh. That that is the father of your kids so if anyone has anything to say well then they really need to think about their life well
0: I think it makes people feel uncomfortable because they don't know what to say or don't know how to relate and sure unfortunately we are their worst nightmare if what happened to us happened to them that's their worst nightmare which yeah like Mm -hmm. losing your husband losing your sister losing like you know And so I think people have a hard time knowing what to say or knowing what to do because our presence, they they don't want to think about it. They don't want to think about what their life would be like. And at first, you know, they're very, very, um, people are extremely supportive. And, and again, my goal for this podcast is not the, the main, one of the, there's a lot of main reasons, but one of the main (laughs) reasons that I felt the need to share my story and have this podcast is because of how isolating it is. I joined a lot of like widow groups on Facebook or grief groups. And, yeah. you know, they talk about like, well, people just don't get it. Other people who haven't been through it just don't get it. And you lose friends and those secondary losses are hard. And yes, while it's it's sometimes easier to be around people that understand it and get it, that's not real life. That's yeah. not, you know, I don't want to lose out on my friends. And I'm glad they didn't abandon me when they were going through their hard times. Yeah, absolutely. Probably, I probably wasn't the most helpful. I yeah. probably said a lot of really stupid things, but <laughs> they were there. I was Same trying though. to be there for them. And now they're there for me. But so I am in a, it's a networking group. We meet every Thursday in Sartell and we're both in it. Um, I'm in there for Sunny Mary Meadow and she represents the med spa that she mm-hmm. works at. <laughs> and we were, there was a member presenting on basically herself and her business. And there's a different presenter every single week. Mm-hmm. And she ended up sharing, um, she's a realtor and she shared about, you know, just kind of a little known fact about herself is that she volunteers a lot for the local, well, for causes that benefit the local battered women's shelter. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And I knew your story about your sister, and I would assume most people in that room don't know about it. Yeah, and you know she was going off about how domestic violence affects so many people, and how you know women odds are they're statistically going to go back to an abusive relationship, and like all of these things. And it was like, I mean, we're talking like dagger and twisting it. Like she just kept going deeper and deeper. But and and if she if she's listening to this, I'm not gonna say your <laughs> no, name because I don't want you. And it wasn't it wasn't bad but it was no. just like ah, ah. Yeah. and I just kept looking you at you out of the corner of my eye and she's like odds are you know they'll end up you know and then they could end up dying they could end up getting murdered they could end yeah up. and I'm like I 100 started crying yeah and so she was just mm-hmm. sitting in the corner crying and no one could see her because she was where she was positioned but it was one of those like okay oh, oh, ah. like yeah um I mean it's it's like Sometimes I'm out with a new group of people that they've never met or that don't know me or don't know my story. And because I'm in my mid 30s, I have a lot of friends that are pushing 40 and they'll be like, Oh my God, I'm turning 40. Oh, I just want to stay 39 forever. It sucks so bad. And I sit there and like my fiance will look at me because he knows what's going yeah. on. And I'm like, Yeah, well, you could stay 39 forever, like my husband. You could die when you're 39. Like not everyone gets to turn 40 and it's no, like, and yeah. they're not saying it to be mean. They're not saying it to be hurtful, but like in those moments, I'm glad that I have someone to look at and be like, okay. Like,
1: Just they checking in. They didn't know
0: what they were saying. <laughs> no. They didn't know that they were hurting you, you know? And again, and it's, there are things that it, it it's not meant to be hurtful. Obviously she's, she's volunteering
1: to help with a very hundred percent. <laughs> like she's yeah. doing nothing wrong. In fact, no. she's
0: doing probably the greatest thing
1: that could help your sister or um, in her memory
0: or whatever, but
1: it's just hard hearing those in those moments because unfortunately I was like spiraling in my head, like, wow. I mean, and this of course comes with, I think I'm sure we all experience this with grief. Like you just, start to spiral like wow that could have helped that where was that why couldn't have that been a thing you know like just like so many things and it just and or just made me like think of her and think of the trauma and think of things and again it was so unintentional the woman who was sharing had no idea of my story and this unfortunately happens a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of people will like Say things or like just joke about certain things, which it is not funny by no means. It is not joking and it rubs you the wrong way. And Mm -hmm. they don't mean it, but you just have to say some words in your head to like hold you from. (laughs) Yeah, no, biting biting your tongue. No,
0: and I, this is, this is a huge another mantra that I say all the time and I think my therapist said it to me um because I got in to see her a lot in the very beginning I saw her once a week for a Mm -hmm. long time and you know it's like if you get mad at everyone who says the wrong thing you're not gonna have any friends left yeah because they didn't mean it and you have to focus on intent yes intent did she intend to Mm -hmm. bring that up or whatever you know it's like I mean when people are like oh my god I had a heart attack I'm like, oh
1: really yeah or no, like, yeah. just,
0: I mean, just too soon. Too soon. Like, oh, <laughs> I hate running. I feel like I'm going to die. Oh, my husband died while running. Oh,
1: uh, run? oh, yeah. Like,
0: there's just so many little things. But my point is, for whatever reason, I mean, we've interacted maybe 10 times ever, but I was able to be there for you in that room of 30 people when you know, we're going to share this bloom and Girl episode with our networking group. They yeah. can go listen to it. So if you guys are listening, thank you for listening. And thank you. We're purposely not saying the name of the person <laughs> I was presenting because I know she's going to feel so bad. <laughs> like, Did you have no. any idea that you made Maria cry?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: in the and corner. In the corner. <laughs> and, but oh I no. was able to be there for her. And that's what I think these connections and these vulnerabilities are so important. And sometimes it's heavy sometimes it's like, okay, it's not my responsibility to make everyone feel better or whatever, but maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe that's why I have yeah. this need to share and, you know, but if I can help comfort someone in that moment, I'm going to do it. And I think it's, it's,
1: I'm comfortable. I mean, it's, it stinks because who wants to, you know, relate to to traumatic death, but to know that like, okay you to a certain extent you know what I've been through I know what you've been through to a certain extent and I feel comfortable versus someone who hasn't experienced that and just doesn't really know what to Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. and like sometimes you know what saying nothing is just fine Mm -hmm. Okay, we're gonna
0: pause this episode. I want you, when I'm done talking, don't hit pause right now because you won't know what to do. But as soon as I'm done talking, I want you to hit pause and I want you to go into this episode. And I would love if you would rate this show with a five star rating because that is how podcasts are successful. The algorithm, what the, you know, wherever you listen, the platform of maybe it's Spotify, maybe it's Apple, maybe it's Amazon. They can keep track of what episodes have a lot of downloads and that's where, you know, if some people are liking it, they assume other people are going to like it because they want people using their streaming service. So if you are enjoying this, go and rate us. Please, please, please. Shows with a higher rating get pushed out more because they think, well, if these people like it, other people will like it. Plus, if you're looking for a show to listen to and you're like, oh, well, it has four two-star ratings. I don't think I'm going to do that one but if it has a hundred five-star ratings, yeah, more likelihood of listening. So it would really mean a lot to us if you could just hit pause, go and give us a rating, and then come back and finish listening. Thank you so much. I mean, yesterday we were at my grandpa's funeral Mm -hmm. and my grandma passed away June of 2020. Okay. And my grandpa wanted Josh, my late husband, to do the readings because he was a very very good lector and he was just he was just good at reading yes um he had you know 21 grandkids and he wanted the grandson-in-law to read. <laughs> and so anyway so he was Props. he did the <laughs> lecturing, and so then my grandpa's funeral yesterday same church and I did a reading Aww. and it was just like I got up there and my, like oh. like and I knew that it was going to be like okay because if Josh was alive. Mm -hmm. Josh would have done all the readings. He would have been like, well, grandpa would want Josh to do the readings because he wanted grandpa to, he wanted Josh to do the readings at grandma's. Like Josh, like he would have done them all, Yeah. but he's not here. And so beforehand, like, and my cousin, actually the one who lost her child. Um, but when I say cousin, like she's also one of my very best friends. We were best friends growing up. We went to college together. We were in each other's wedding. Like we're very close. And anyway, she just like you know, about a half hour before the funeral starts, like looks me in the eye. Made sure to look me in the eye, and she's like, "How you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "I'm okay," and I yeah. and I meant it. And if I would have been like, eh, "Like," then she would have gone in deeper. But yeah. she knew I didn't really want to talk about it. I just said, "Like, I'm okay." Yeah. So like, okay. And then at the actual funeral, you know, I was just doing okay. And then they played the song "Go Rest High in the Mountain." And at Josh's funeral, I had my brother-in-law play it on the trombone. Mm-hmm. Actually, which was, you might think trombone is weird, but it's actually a <laughs> no. really beautiful, it's a very beautiful instrument. Um. Yes. And so, yeah, he played Go Rest High on the Mountain on the trombone. And my other cousin, Jenna, just, like, was standing behind me and, like, just arm on the shoulder. Yeah. And like ah, Okay. And then, you know, it's like, ah. Like, yeah. just in those moments, someone that understands, like, Jenna knew that I wasn't sobbing my eyes out for my 89 year old grandpa that had been in a nursing home for I mean I'm I'm sad I'm very sad for him but like sometimes in those moments like nope I'm definitely reliving something hard I haven't you know um and so just when you make yourself vulnerable if people don't know what you're going through they can't help you absolutely and so I I think it's I'm not saying that you should be as vocal about it as I have been. I'm not saying you should, you know, start a social media account talking about your grief. I'm not saying that that's the approach for everyone. And sometimes I wonder like, what do people really think? Like, do they think I'm attention seeking? Do they think I'm trying to make money off of this? Do they think I'm, and trust me, if I, if my goal was to make money off of my life work, I would just go be a nurse practitioner full time. But it's, moments like in that conference room when I was able to be there for you and
1: I don't know if it helps one person then I'm going to keep doing it I don't know and I actually I have and will be in in the works of um working with one of our local shelters for women that are dealing with domestic violence and um just kind of putting together how I can be some sort of resource advocate and just, um, continue to share my sister's story. Mm-hmm. I think that women hearing her story who are actively going through it can relate. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very deep for me. I'm having to like mentally prepare myself to experience and hear these stories, but it's something that I'm ready to do because my sister got a tattoo a week or two before she passed away with the initials of everything happens for a reason. Like the, like, uh, E T like you get what I'm saying. Yeah, everything happens for a reason. Mm, wow. That's deep. Yep. Um, crazy. She was visiting my dad in Arizona, so it was it was just on the whim. She was just like, "Dad, do you want to get a tattoo?" Mind you, Moni caught a lot of tattoos, but this specific one, like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. very very. Ugh. But ever since then, I like ever since her passing, crazy things have happened in our family, but we made it through like just ever so gently, and I cannot think that like everything has happened for a reason and I truly think sharing her story and keeping that alive and being vulnerable for those individuals is is going to be very helpful
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and hopefully save a life
0: well and I think that yeah and no I I struggle with trying to find a purpose or not a purpose or what I'm supposed to be doing or should be doing or could be doing or have the resources to do or whatever when it comes to Josh. And I I definitely feel at peace with the fact that like, I don't have to do anything. I Absolutely. I don't have to do anything. Um, Absolutely. We started a scholarship for him right away. And then we kind of went down this you know, so then, and that's almost fully endowed. We have a couple more years left to fill it, but we'll probably meet it by the end of for sure by the end of twenty twenty four. Um, and it's a scholarship at the college that he went to, St. John's University. But I was like, well, when that's done, what do I do? Do I start a nonprofit? Yeah, do I turn my nursing home sponsorship with the flowers into like something bigger? Mm. Do I, you know, do I whatever it might be? And it's like, I no, not necessarily, maybe. Maybe what I do is I just keep doing what I'm doing and lift up the voices of those that are doing something, you know, and absolutely, you know, if you feel compelled or want to, or can, or you're in a space now where in her memory, you help other women get out of situations of domestic violence and, you know, with it, with whatever way you can, maybe it's just by sharing her story. Maybe it's by volunteering at the shelter. Maybe it's by, you know, doing different things with fundraisers. Maybe it's uh, whatever it might be, and then yeah. maybe you quit being an esthetician and go work at the shelter. Like oh I, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, be <laughs> a life um, whatever it might be. But you don't have to do any of it. But if right when you want to, you can, and it's a weird. I think it's kind
1: of a survivor's guilt thing, or I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, I I see that. I think it also comes from the just like simply not relating with anyone around you and like that isolation. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of my friends can relate, not a lot of my other family members can relate. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just more of like finding that community that helps you grow in some sort of way and find some sort of light out of any situation I mean what what light is there with death but truly it's I mean I I wasn't ready for the longest time to talk about it I almost would like get mad when anyone would bring it up like don't talk about like don't talk about that or Mm -hmm. I would almost get like very protective of her story and and just like her image as a, a person like don't like I don't know I, I I just would get so protective and so like you can't speak you can't talk like you don't know anything like I, you know I don't uh, know and oh, just, I would, I, that's very common. Um,
0: no, I have <laughs> so that, long. Whole, that whole bookshelf is yeah. filled with <laughs> grief books. Yeah, and grief definitely has stages. Yep, and totally. I I understand why you know sometimes. Like widows end up dating other widows because they've, they've gone through it. Okay. And, and sometimes that's great. And sometimes it's a lot of negativity. Yeah. um And I, you know, one of the books that I read, it talked about like grief vultures and they just want attention. And they just, the more they post on Facebook, the less they probably knew, knew the person or, you know, one of, one of Josh's cousins got a tattoo of him like a month after Josh passed away. And I know they were really co- close growing up, but I had only met that cousin a couple times. And I actually, like my initial response was like, I was almost mad. Like, why do you have my, like, Oh no, no. That's I, my, that's my husband. Yeah. Like, that's a like, you didn't even know him. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Stop, stop. And so <laughs> no, seriously, like Robbie, if you're listening, like, I promise I'm not <laughs> really mad
1: at you. i promise i am not like it is a, such a cool thing that it's you did that such a cool thing um my but friend's sisters did the same thing so mad why would you i literally oh man and of course i i screenshotted it sent it to my sister i was like oh. and then i was like hold up, maria like and they've been best friends for like ever. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm like very, very attached them, or and, yeah, and it, it doesn't. I don't. It just doesn't matter. No, and it's totally okay. And it's yeah. so okay, but it's, so it's a nervous.
0: very normal part of grief. So yeah, yeah. like worried. you know, and and actually, I've had some really deep conversations. Um, he, he's he's not a man of like super work, a lot of words, but Josh's best friend. I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were like brothers. He got, he built my house. They were, they were best friends. They were each other's, you know, godfather to, you know, and he just, he shared with me like probably six months after Josh died. And he's like, Liz, don't get me wrong. Like, I am so happy with the way people are supporting you. Like, and obviously they should. And he's like, but nobody asked me about him anymore. And because people just like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, yeah, it was his friend. Like, no, no, they were, I don't know of any two men that were that good of friends. Like they, he lives a half mile on the road like yeah, we vacationed that's... with them we went out to eat with them, or like we just did meals at each other's yeah. house once. like they were it they were yeah. friends for since second grade they lived together like they had a little book yeah. man yeah they lived no, together I'm four kidding. years of college they yeah. i mean they were so close and like mm-hmm. that You know, he's like, Yeah, I don't know. Like people reached out at first, but like they kind of forget about like, you know, like yeah, yeah, it was, you know, but it was like it was someone, you know, Josh was not just my husband, and he wasn't just Vidalia's dad and Davy's dad, even though he never knew about her, but like he was he was someone's brother, he was someone's uncle, he was someone's grandson, he was someone's friend, he was someone's boss. You know, and that's so true. And so he was very close to them too. And it, like I said therapy in the beginning, like it, grief makes you do weird things. Like I'd be so happy to hear about people. Sorry for the loss. And, you know, but it was almost like, but this is my loss. This is my, absolutely. or
1: like when then, you would see people like post on like Facebook or anything, I'm like, why are you, why are you posting about her? Like you didn't know her. Mm-hmm. Well, she, yeah, she, you know, and yeah. so it's just like,
0: <laughs> yeah. I and know. I think, I think it's important to, especially now, I mean, we're both I'm almost three years out. You're almost four years out. Yeah. Wow. We can reflect on it a little bit and think a little more rationally. And absolutely. You know, I, I feel like if we met, you know, two years ago, mm-hmm. we maybe would have, this wouldn't have been a healthy conversation. Uh, <laughs> we would have been would have been continuing to match that. those <laughs> people. And, <No. laughs> and that's why, again, this realness or rawness to share this I think is so important because why is it so isolating? Well, because people don't like to talk about it Absolutely. and they don't want to be rude. And of course we're appreciative and thankful, but if someone overhears me saying, God, dang it, they brought another stupid tater tot hot dish. they will be like, Oh, do to self. Don't bring tater tot hot dishes. No, no, you can. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's also knowing that probably not gonna win. <laughs> There's yeah. no winning.
1: And so, sometimes. Yeah. But I think growing off of it, like I, I, now I'm at a place in my life where when I see people post memories, when I see people, you know, write these long stories or, you know, just post videos of, I mean, Monique was a light in life. So she was just very fun and always just doing silly things. So when I see those things being posted and those memories posted, I genuinely appreciate them now. Mm -hmm. And I can be like, I just like thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm I love to see those memories because for me personally it it hurt more than anything to see that because I don't have that with me anymore. Mm-hmm. So to see those memories, to read those things that I, I would see, which they were all beautiful, they were mm-hmm. all great. It broke the shit out of my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that was where the anger, no, I know that's where the anger was coming from because. I, there, there was just so much anger fested too. I mean, I, especially for just Mm -hmm. my situation in general, like it was, it was so like, there was just so much anger behind it. Mm -hmm. So really having to like, okay, what are you feeling in this moment in time? I mean, there's a lot of things I would feel, but now I can finally look back and just be so absolutely thankful that I spent 28 years with her Mm -hmm. and not you know, of course I think about like, you know, it's like shitty. Like I think about like my wedding day and, or I think about like when I'm pregnant or, you know, when I'm, you know, there, there's so many things that, that cross my mind literally all the time, but I just have to kind of grab myself and just be thankful for what I have and be thankful for the memories. I look at my niece and I mean, she, every day she's growing and she's a spitting image of Monique. So it's so hard to like you know, look at her and I'm so constantly reminded of her, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. you can experience that as well with your children. Like Mm -hmm. it's you're we're never not reminded of them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another big thing that is just always a struggle. Like people are like, I don't want to bring them up
0: because I don't want you to.
1: Sorry, no, no, I already no. brought him up we're, we're thinking about we're thinking about him like I literally it's constantly yeah. like <laughs> like literally or mm-hmm. I'll have like very vivid dreams of her and that like trips me out like mm-hmm. the most and like I don't know so it's just and it's it's very seasonal I feel like I, I definitely have my seasons yeah holidays sometimes are hard too yes yeah but finding your
0: people yeah And I think, like I said, it's a fine balance in finding people that get it or that you can relate to, or that can be that home base, that safe space. Like, like I said, my cousin, Sydney knows grief. Mm -hmm. She knows me. She knows, you know, I can't lie to her. I can't, you know, whatever. And so having that person or like my best friend who's also widowed, like just, having that person to like okay check in like are my feelings and sometimes it's like am I am I wrong am I in the wrong (laughs) am I should I be mad about that and I I would definitely say I am I am past that point of my grief um and it doesn't follow a timeline I don't say like well once you're about two and a half years out oh my gosh but no for me personally like my days are definitely very good and very happy as a whole I still have bad moments and I still have bad days once in a while and I always will but for the most part I'm able to just okay but sometimes having that almost that that person to reach out to and like luckily I just happened to be there but what would you have done if I wasn't there
1: um I'm just curious
0: like because I've been in those situations and then I'm either mad for a couple more hours or I'm sad or I end up leaving or I'm just like come up with an excuse to leave or and all I did was text you and like hey well this sucks or something like that (laughs) I'm I'm so sorry like you know like and because it it just it went on for like 10 minutes like this presentation about domestic violence and all I did was just text you and like hey like just all I, I wasn't trying to like I just meant to like you're not alone I'm I, very, yeah I'm you know I'm 20 feet away in this conference room of 20 people and like don't make eye contact with me because then I'll start crying but like just <laughs> no I know, know it was
1: a very I'm like here. corner of my eye like <laughs> yeah
0: and so I mean I'm curious what had I not been there or been able to reach out to you and because I've I've had this happen too where like people look at me and then like, oh, that sucks like man it's usually Brent because he's usually with me and like he just gets it and then we kind of just like not laugh about it but like, yeah mm-hmm, okay like that sucked like I said that exactly but if I don't have that person sometimes I'll sometimes I'll just fume on it but for me it's it's sometimes to just just let it out carry it to someone else like my my best friend Nikki that was also widowed. like we will literally say like I'm holding you up I'll carry you for a while like yeah. what do you need like give it to me let me carry it like and that's and she's great. still almost 10 years out like she still has things that she wants me to carry for her and we just like we'll say it we're like I'm in your corner like what do you need like give it to me like let me
1: carry it that's great you know but I love that I mean what do you think if you were in I genuinely I've been in those places before and I've like very alone so I truly like from the bottom of my heart, had you not been there, sent me that message to check in with me. I probably would have, I know I would have had a very, I get in these like very funky moods when mm-hmm. I'm like that, um, sad, which probably turns into like a little nasty attitude. Ooh, notorious for that. Oops. But, um, I, I, I would have been in that like little spiral for the rest of the day because it it was, it was getting there. <laughs> like again, these were not intentional daggers, but like they were. So I was like, I almost like I really almost got up and left because I was like, Ooh, I don't want to be in that. I'm, I'm a grown don't up. Don't want to hear this. Yeah, like you know, I I'm just like yeah. I, and I know what this is gonna do to me. This is gonna, mm-hmm. you know, so you texting me, distracting me in that moment. I was like, Oh, perfect. And then just to like gently look over at you, and just so sweet. Like I just it really like, it brought me down and it brought me comfort. And I like, thank you so much.
0: Well, I think that, I mean, I still have, I, I try really hard to not have bad days. Yeah. Um. Well, we're not I've been frustrated the last, oh I don't know, year with this new business that I started in my flower farm because it's been more... It's been more stressful than what I would like to live my life. You know, people that would stress through about a flower farm. Well, running and starting a Ah, business is stressful no matter what. And so I'm I'm trying really hard to like, okay, like hire help and this and that and use the resources and work smarter and like make sure this is a sustainable business and I don't have to work 60 hours a week. And it's like, it's really frustrating when I come up with a plan and I can't do it because of. External factors or whatever Mm -hmm. ends up happening. And okay, learn from it because I'm I'm not gonna live like this. I'm not gonna no, I am not gonna embrace the hustle of working 60 hours a week. Like, nope, I'm gonna I'm trying to build a business around my life and because I don't I don't wanna lose any more days. I don't want to spend any days mad or whatever. And so for me, like I said, that's frustrating because that's work and but we all have to work, we all have to do a job to pay the bills and if yeah. I was working full-time at the clinic, it'd still be that way or whatever it might be. Right. So I'm just trying really hard to like be intentional about that part of my life. But then when it comes to the grief piece, I just, I mean, I used to have, I mean, obviously when Josh first passed away, it was like, I describe it as, you know, the days were really heavy. And then eventually, actually this was a whole new other kind of grief hmm. when I felt guilty. Cause I'm like, oh, I didn't cry today. Yeah. Or or my day was, I didn't think about them today. Mm -hmm. I I didn't Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And then then I feel bad, but then now I describe it as like, I really, and I would say probably around the time Davey was born or maybe like maybe around like six months when I'm entering my third trimester of pregnancy. And I was like, all right, this is happening. Cause I think I was kind of in denial for a lot of the pregnancy. And that was the first six months after he died. And then it kind of was like, Oh, all right. He's coming or she's coming. This baby's coming. (laughs) And like, all right, it's, it's time. And so then it kind of flipped, like, I am not gonna trudge around in this grief. Like I'm gonna have some enjoyment. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna find some sunshine in every day. And that was, that was something, even when he first died that first month, like we went to the car wash every single day in January, which was really dumb in Minnesota. Cause it's like 20 below. But Vidalia and I, so those of you that sent cards with money in them, that's probably where a lot of your money went. Wait, wait, what's the story had the car washes? Because Vi was three and she just liked the car wash and yeah, I was just but- trying to like, Yeah, do something that would make her smile and make me smile, and so we got a car wash every single day. Oh, valid! And instead of like buying a monthly car wash subscription, I paid $12 or whatever it was for the premium car wash at Quick Trip. You had the cleanest car, yes. So 12 times 30, whatever it was. I know we went to the car wash every single day in January,
1: (laughs) I know for 2021, yeah,
0: yeah, every single day. So 12 times. 30. That's yeah, about funded bucks. that anyway. Months. So, but I just was trying to find something that was gonna be happy. And so now I kind of look at my days like, all right, as a whole, I want it to be more happy than sad. I still have bad days. I'm not happy all day, every day, but like there's still there, there's bad moments, but I don't want to have a bad day. Absolutely. And so, like we said, if you know you're listening to that presentation and you know all right, this is, this is not going to be good for me. Like I need to leave or I'm going to be angry for the next couple of days. No. I mean, there's things that I know what might or might not trigger me or what might or might not, you know, and I'm like, this, this is not worth me being upset for the next week about, this is not worth like, cause I know what it's going to do. And I'm, I'm going to, so I reach out to one of my friends or I schedule an appointment with my therapist. I mean, I haven't seen her in a couple months, but like, cause I talk about it all the time. Time doesn't heal Intention. And so just being intentional about knowing this isn't going to be good. Like, so for you sitting there and like, I just reached out, like, just to yeah. let you know I'm thinking of you. I mean, cause otherwise you could have got up and left,
1: but then literally your
0: whole day would have been wrecked.
1: It would have been, I probably yeah. would have been thinking about a lot of things that yeah. day. I mean, you still were totally,
0: but hopefully with it, a different
1: narrative, not yeah. as like aggressive and angry more of like, okay. And in those moments, I really tried to like shift what I'm thinking about a lot of things come from like that, like what if scenario, like we all go through those what ifs, like, oh, uh, but then I just fill them with positive memories, yeah. like truly just mm-hmm. really great things that I remember about my sister mm-hmm. and not like that, like a little bit of that dark, creepy spiral. Mm-hmm. You think of like happy momentarily thoughts and also just again, love, like truly like that intention because didn't correct me if I'm wrong that same meeting someone brought up life insurance life policy policy policies yes so we, and we were sitting next to each other we were like
0: "What
1: the?" no yeah, like, no um look at your coverage because it might
0: be cheaper now because no, people are living sh- longer and you know your life insurance policy I mean, and everyone's like kept talking meeting, about life yeah. insurance policies and they're like you know and odds are you're never going to need it and I'm just
1: like Staring
0: at Liz, and like, I wanted to like raise my hand and be like, "I am an advocate for life <laughs> insurance." Like, policies. good like,
1: gosh! Like, and again, yeah. so unintentional. Yeah. Like,
0: what? And it. Like, and I definitely do want to do a whole episode on life insurance policies. I am hmm. not sponsored in any way, but like, you guys, if I didn't have life insurance, it's not about like. It's literally. It was meant to replace Josh's income because his paycheck stopped and the bills keep coming, and I had time off of work, and if we didn't have that, I would have had to go back to work right away, I would have, there's no way I would have been able to continue to afford my mortgage, I couldn't have stayed here, I would have had to sell my house, I oh. would have had to, I mean, like, life insurance is not meant to, like, oh, well, you know, he died, so here's some money to try to make you feel better, like, no, life literally, like, literally, no, like you, you, you need it, and so if you didn't have Think about if you're married, or you know, if you rely on someone, their income stops. So yeah. that household income, and anyway, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so they started talking about those policies in that same meeting,
1: and it was like, okay, well, no, I- everything happens for a reason. AKA, Liz and I were meant to be in that meeting together. Yep, See? exactly. Wow. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so I guess the whole point of this episode is. Sometimes it's hard to open up. Sometimes it's hard to find those people. I think, you know, just be aware of the energy that they give off. I mean, there's, I remember when Josh first passed away, um, someone came into my office. And again, if I have a hard time sometimes sharing some of these stories. Cause I'm like, oh great. Now, if she listens to this, everyone's <laughs> going to know who I'm talking about. And then she's going to think I'm <laughs> mad at her or talking crap. And I'm not, but like, I got back to work. And there was a nurse who she's no longer working at that clinic, but her daughter had died by suicide and a couple of years prior. And like, she came into my office and like shut the door behind her and was like, Hey, don't worry. I get it. If anybody gets it, it's like, you can, you can be mad about around me and angry about me. And I just was like, Oh, I basically asked her to get out. I was like, I no, no, I'm not doing that here. I'm at work. I took three months off of work, three months. I did a lot of therapy in that three months to be able to come back to work. Cause my job as a family practice nurse practitioner is to meet with 15 people a day and they tell me their problem. Right. Sometimes it's preventative care and physicals, but <laughs> otherwise a lot of it is literally people sitting down Yeah. telling me their problem. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's their blood pressure. Maybe it's their anxiety. Maybe they're having problems sleeping, whatever. Yeah. But that patient has a problem and it's my job to help them come up with a plan. Maybe it's, physical therapy, maybe it's, you know, more diagnostic imaging, maybe it's, um, some mental health, maybe it's some referrals, maybe it's, you know, counseling on, you know, diet or exercise or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a medication, maybe it's a pharma, you know, um, a prescription, whatever it might be. Maybe it's their ears hurting. That's their problem. I give them an antibiotic to fix their ear infection or whatever it might be. But that was my job was to listen to other people's problems. Absolutely. And so it took me a lot of time. Luckily, I had been at my job for a whole, for over a year. And so I qualified for FMLA. So I was literally on short-term disability. That's how I was able to get three months off. Mm -hmm. I was on short-term disability with a medical diagnosis of grief reaction, meaning I cannot do my job because of the reaction I was having to my own grief. And so I was, I was on disability for those three months and I went to therapy once a week. And I mean, because I, I couldn't, (laughs) I mean, had I tried to go back to work too soon, I'd be like, oh, really? Your ear? Yeah. I feel so bad for you.
1: <laughs> you could like,
0: be like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I just, there's no way I could have been sensitive. There's no mm-hmm. way I could have. And plus, I mean, it's literally my job to, I mean, I could have killed someone. <laughs> I could have given the wrong yeah. description. I could have, like, I was not in a mental state to be going back to work yeah and so I was like no I like, I know that you haven't seen me in three months but I've been doing a lot of work in this three months until yeah. I got back and like nope I'm not at work to be angry I'm I'm here like I'm ready to be here like nope and so sometimes you got to be really careful about the energy that you consume and that you take in right you know that's what is it your vibe attracts your tribe or something yeah. like that like oh I love that and so Finding people that have the same intention about grief and about healing. And, you know, sometimes I want to be angry and sometimes I want someone to vent with, but that's not always the best thing. And so finding your people that you can go to, and sometimes it's nice when they can relate to, but if you're not open to what you might or might not need. So if I didn't know the story about your sister, I wouldn't have been able to be there for you in that moment. Absolutely.
1: Anything yes. else you want to add? No, I, I think we have, we said a lot and yeah, I, I truly being vulnerable is it's hard, but, um, there's like to it. Mm-hmm. So
0: yep, I appreciate exactly. you, And so I think keep opening up your heart and seeing the good, because I firmly believe if you look for good things or good people or people that can help you or people that can relate to you, you're going to find them. Absolutely. And if you look for reasons to be angry, you're going to find those too. Absolutely. So keep focusing on the good. Keep shining
1: that light. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the bloom and grow with Liz Fiddler podcast. You can find us at bloomandgrow.llc on Instagram and bloom and grow with Liz Fiddler on Facebook. We're always looking for stories of those who have gone through the trenches of grief and found a way to keep blooming and growing through it. So if you have an idea for an episode, please send us an email, liz at sunnymarymeadow.com and tell us what you think. You can also go to our website, www.bloomandgrowwithliz.com and sign up for our email list. You'll find all of that information in the episode notes. Thanks for being here. Bloom and Grow.